chapter four part one of a common story by ivan goncharov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter four part one alexander's life was divided into two halves his official duties consumed the morning he burrowed about in dusty deeds pondered over facts in no way concerning himself and reckoned on paper millions of money that did not belong to him but at times his head refused to think for others the pen dropped out of his hand and he was possessed by the soft emotions which made pyotr ivanitch so angry then alexander leant over the back of his chair and was carried in thought to a grassy peaceful place where there were no papers nor ink nor strange faces nor uniforms where peace sweetness and freshness reigned where in the luxurious drawing-room there was the sweet scent of flowers and the sounds of a piano and a parrot hopping in his cage and in the garden the waving branches of birch-trees and bushes of lilac and the queen of all this she in the morning alexander while he sat in his office was present unseen in one of the islands in the country villa of the lubetskys but in the evening he was present visibly in his tangible person let us cast an indiscreet glance at his happiness it was a hot day one of the few in petersburg the sun which gave life to the fields seemed to kill the streets in petersburg made the granite red-hot with its rays and the rays reflected from the stone scorched the people the people walked slowly hanging their heads the dogs with their tongues lolling out the town was like one of those towns of story in which everything has changed to stone at some magician's sign no carriages rattled on the flags the windows were covered with awnings like eyelids closed over eyes the wooden pavement polished like parquet it burnt the foot to step on it all around was weary asleep the pedestrian wiping the sweat from his face made for the shade stage-coaches with six passengers slowly crawled into the town scarcely stirring up the dust after them at four o'clock the government clerks came out from their offices and slowly plodded off to their homes alexander rushed out as though the roof of the house was falling in looked at his watch it was late he would not be in time for dinner he flung himself into a restaurant what have you got quick uh, soup julien and a la reine uh, sauce a la provençale a la maitre d'hôtel roast turkey game etc sweet souffle well soup a la provençale sauce a julien and roast souffle only be quick the waiter looked at him well what is it said alexander impatiently the man hurried off and gave him what he thought fit adouev seemed very content he did not wait for a quarter of the dishes and hurried off to a wharf of the neva and here a boat and two boatmen awaited him within an hour he was in sight of the place of his hopes he stood up in the boat and bent his gaze on the distance at first his eye was dimmed with anxiety and uneasiness which passed into doubt then suddenly his face brightened with the light of happiness like a beam of sunlight he distinguished a well-known dress at the garden fence then he was recognized a handkerchief was waved to him he had been waited for perhaps a long time his feet seemed burning with impatience ah if only one could walk on the water thought alexander they invent all sorts of silly things and they don't invent that 
the boatmen plied the oars slowly evenly like a machine the sweat stood in drops on their sunburnt faces it was nothing to them that alexander's heart was leaping within him that never taking his eyes from one point he had already twice in his absorption moved first one leg and then the other up to the very edge of the boat but they did not care they went on rowing with the same phlegm now and then wiping their faces with their sleeves quicker he said half a rouble for vodka how they set to work how they began to rise from their seats what had become of their fatigue how had they regained strength the oars seemed only to tremble in the water the boat shot along twenty yards in no time ten strokes more and the stern had already described an arc the boat came up gracefully and turned into the very bank alexander and nadinka smiled from afar off and did not take their eyes off one another adouev leaped out with one foot in the water instead of on the bank nadinka laughed gently sir wait till i give you a hand said one of the boatmen when alexander was already on the bank wait for me here adouev said to them and ran to nadinka she smiled tenderly at alexander from the distance with every movement of the boat to the shore her bosom heaved nadezhda alexandrovna said adouev almost breathless with delight alexander fedoritch she replied involuntarily they rushed towards each other then stopped short and looked at one another with a smile and moist eyes and could not say a word a few minutes passed thus pyotr ivanitch could not be blamed for not having noticed nadinka the first time of seeing her she was not a beauty and did not attract attention at once but if any one looked attentively at her features he would not readily take his eyes off her her face rarely remained at rest for two minutes together the thoughts and emotions of a nature impressionable and susceptible to excess incessantly replaced one another and the reflections of these emotions played curiously mingled on her face giving it every minute a fresh and unexpected expression her eyes for instance would flash like lightning glow and suddenly be hidden under their delicate lids her face would grow lifeless and motionless and she would turn to a marble statue before your eyes you would expect immediately after again the same piercing brilliance only not at all the eyelids would lift softly and you would meet the mild light of eyes which seemed swimming in the splendour of moonlight the heart could not but be stirred to a slight throb at such a gaze in her gestures it was just the same there was much grace in them but a grace hardly sylph-like there was much of the untamed impulsiveness in it which nature gives she sometimes sat in a picturesque pose then suddenly at the bidding of some inward impulse this artistic pose would be broken in upon by some unexpected and equally bewitching gesture in her conversation the same unlooked-for turns now just criticism now dreaminess and short answers then a childish frolicsomeness or subtle dissembling everything in her pointed to an ardent imagination a wilful and inconstant heart a much stronger man than alexander might have lost his heart over her only a pyotr ivanitch could have withstood her but there are not many like him you were waiting for me how happy i am said alexander i waiting for you i never thought of it answered nadinka shaking her head you know i am always in the garden you are angry he asked timidly what for what an idea well give me your little hand she gave him her hand but he had scarcely touched it when she at once drew it away and all at once changed completely her smile vanished and on her face appeared something like vexation what is that 
are you drinking milk he asked nadinka had a cup in her hands and some sugar i am having dinner she answered you are dining at six o'clock and on milk of course it is strange to you to look at milk after a luxurious dinner at your uncle's but here we are in the country we live simply she broke off some bits of sugar with her front teeth and drank the milk making a delicate grimace with her lips i didn't dine with my uncle i declined yesterday replied adouev how shameless you are how can you tell such stories where have you been up till now i have been at the office all day up till four but now it is six don't tell fibs confess you were tempted by the dinner by pleasant society there you have been enjoying yourself very very much on my word of honour i haven't been to my uncle's alexander began to defend himself with warmth if i had could i be here with you by now oh does it seem so early to you you might have come here two hours ago said nadinka and all at once with a quick pirouette turned away from him and went along the little path towards the house alexander was after her don't come near me don't come near me she said shaking her hand i can't see you leave off teasing nadezhka alexandrovna i am not teasing at all tell me where have you been up till now at four o'clock i got out of the office began alexander i was an hour coming here then it ought to be five but it is now six where were you that hour you see what stories you tell i had dinner at a restaurant as quick as possible as quick as possible only one hour she said poor fellow you must be hungry don't you want some milk oh let me let me have that cup began alexander holding out his hand but she stopped short all at once turned the cup upside down and paying no attention to alexander looked with curiosity at the last drops trickling out of the cup onto the dust you are pitiless he said how can you torment me so look look alexander fedoritch nadinka suddenly interposed absorbed in her occupation shall i make a drop fall on the little beetle that is crawling here on the path ah it has fallen poor little thing it will die she said then carefully picking up the beetle and laying it on the palm of her hand she began to breathe on it what care you take of a beetle said alexander in vexation poor little thing look it will die said nadinka in distress what have i done she carried the beetle a little while in her palm and when it began to stir and to crawl about on her hand nadinka gave a shudder quickly threw it on the ground and stamped on it saying horrid little beetle where have you been she asked then why i told you oh yes at your uncle's were there many people did you have any champagne even from here i notice how you smell of champagne oh no not at my uncle's interrupted alexander in despair who told you so you just said so why i should think they are only just sitting down to dinner you don't know those dinner parties would such a dinner be over in one hour you have been dining for two hours four till six when was i coming here then she made no answer but jumped up and picked a spray of acacia then began to run along the path adouev after her where are you going he asked where what a question to mamma why very likely we shall disturb her oh no not at all maria mihailovna the mother of nadezhka alexandrovna was one of those indulgent and simple mothers who think everything good that their children do maria mihailovna for instance would order the carriage to be got ready what for mamma nadinka would inquire we will go out for a drive it's such glorious weather said her mother how can we 
alexander fedoritch is coming and the carriage would be put off another time maria mihailovna would be sitting at work at her everlasting scarf and beginning to sigh or be sniffing snuff and plying her bone knitting needles or else buried in the perusal of a french novel maman why are you not dressing nadinka would ask severely what for why we are going for a walk of course for a walk yes alexander fedoritch will come after us have you forgotten already why i didn't know not know indeed nadinka would say in displeasure her mother would leave her scarf and her book and go to dress so nadinka enjoyed complete freedom and ordered herself and her mamma and her time and her occupations as she pleased however she was a kind and indulgent daughter obedient one could not call her for it was not she but her mother who obeyed but at least one could say that she had an obedient mother go in to mamma said nadinka when they had reached the door of the drawing-room and you i will come afterwards well then i will come afterwards too no go in first alexander went in and at once retreated again on tiptoe she is asleep in the armchair he said in a whisper never mind go in maman maman ah alexander fedoritch has come ah mr adouev wants to see you ah you see how sound asleep she is don't wake her alexander restrained her no i will wake her maman ah wake up alexander fedoritch is here End of chapter 4, part 1, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.